Welcome, everyone, to episode 10 of the Asian Cards slash Sunday League Investors podcast. Today, as usual, we have Brian from the YouTube channel Sunday League Investors. How's it going, Brian? Really good, man. Really good. Um, just had to deal with some technical difficulties. But other than that, exciting. There's a lot of things to talk about, especially over the weekend. Um, and I'm just really curious to see uh, what your thoughts are for some of the announcements from these little grading companies, man. But how are you? I'm doing well. Um, actually, just saw you on Saturday. I was in, uh, for everyone listening, um, I was in Tampa on Friday and Saturday uh, for two days um, of the card show. First time going down there. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was a short trip. Um, too, actually, short. too short, too short. Uh, honestly, didn't really do anything apart from go to the show in Tampa. So maybe like an extra day in Tampa would have helped. You know, I kind of just stayed within the half mile radius of the show. You, um, you don't want to hang out with me <laughs> afterwards. So I, that's, that's true. Like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to see be with you outside of this uh, card show. It's too embarrassing. That's what can't, what can't be seen. Can't be seen with Brian outside of the card <laughs> show premises. But hey, um, hey, I was going to say, you look good though, by the way. Have you been losing weight? I'm just saying like, you look like you've been working. I was just playing basketball, so maybe I lost a couple pounds uh, shooting threes, but you know it's entirely <laughs> possible. <laughs> just, no, I was just gonna say, I didn't get to say that to you. I didn't get to say that to you when you were there, and then uh, it just popped up. I was like, you know, I, I got to get ready. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it is New York Fashion Week, so I uh, have to look my best. <laughs> true, true, true. But but overall, uh, Raymond, how'd you like the Tampa show? Uh, I I heard some the vibes used was very typical. Especially when someone comes out from like out state, I'll be honest. A lot of times, a lot of times when I ask somebody, "Hey, how'd you how'd you feel about it?" They were just kind of like they kind of shrugged and be like, "It wasn't as good as they thought that it was going to be." Like honestly, that's what they said. Yeah, what I noticed the first thing that I noticed was that it's the same circle of people at every single show. It was the same group of people that I met at the national, same group of people I met in Dallas. Same couple of cards flipped between different dealers. Um, you know, I would see something that I wanted at someone else's stand, and then you know, a few days later, it would be someone else's card. It would you know be on someone's Instagram story, uh, which you know, nothing against that, but it's just kind of interesting how it's the same types of cards that are kind of like in the same pool, and the same transactions are happening just in different cities and different different states. Uh, but you know, but I guess about that, it's like you know, you get to have some consistency, right? You know, you get to see the same people every show uh which is always which is always cool um at least with the dealers that i'm personally uh close with um in terms of like the show itself like i was surprised by the diversity of cards there i think that um, usually at shows for example in dallas it was you know only modern mainly modern basketball um but you know in this show i saw some vintage baseball a lot of vintage baseball um, I bought my first vintage basketball card, 1961 Fleer, um, Will Chamberlain rookie, the red one. Um, and then, you know, I also saw a lot of, you know, Pokemon cards there too, as well as soccer, right? There was, you know, your table that was pretty much exclusively soccer. And then there was also um, Kyle 
Nordmeyer's table. I don't know his Instagram handle, but you know, Nordy. he does Nordy. Nordy. <laughs> he does exclusively soccer stuff too, which is cool. You know, it's good to see a good to see a good mix. What was your experience? Um, so this was different because this was my second time having a table, and coming into the show, I was looking to really liquidate, but also try to buy. I don't know. I got into this like little frame mindset thing where I'm just like, man, if I could buy something for like five dollars, get ten dollars for it, I'm gonna feel like a baller. Um, so I tried doing stuff like that. What was really cool was that people were willing to sell really below comps because I was used to being the, on the other side of the table. Whereas I'm like, hey, can you buy? Um, and I, I've already lost leverage to deal it, right? Um, so it's like hard to negotiate a price near comps or something like that. So like, it was interesting to, to kind of have it from the opposite side. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to put this back on the shelf. Like I need I need a, a good comp for this, right? I need like probably like 60%. Um, and most, a decent amount of people were cool with that. I will say there was a decent amount of soccer dealers out there soccer card dealers um, and you're right there's a lot of pokemon especially on the side i wasn't sure if you saw like uh like they had all the stuff animals yep yeah <laughs> I, I, I almost bought a togepi and then the lady there was like oh it'll be gone tomorrow if you don't buy it today and it was gone the next day so i oh really okay did, did that rub you yeah. off or something or were you just like uh, i bet it will <laughs> i well i didn't want to carry it with me you know i i didn't bring oh, any true? luggage like i just brought a backpack um, I didn't bring any luggage or suitcases. Um, so, yeah, I didn't get the Togepi, okay. which is unfortunate. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and we saw that Whatnot was there, which was pretty cool. Like, they were doing, like, live breaks uh, at the show, and you could feel the energy. It was nice. Personally, I, I thought that I had a, a pretty decent show. What I did notice was, like, man, just soccer slabs. Mid-tier soccer slabs. I think what I'm starting to learn is like slabs for shows are different from slabs for eBay. Like that's what dealers were talk talking to me about. So what they meant by that was like having like prism. Like I don't really carry prism as much. Um, and tops chrome. Like I don't carry those. I carry more like the vintage stuff, more of like things that are, I guess just a little bit more unique per se. Um, but yeah, I, our slabs didn't move as fast as I wanted them to. Uh, so that was kind of disappointing. But, I mean, there was one sale that pretty much saved my weekend. <laughs> I mean, it was not just one. It was like a huge sale. I uh, saw selling, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selling that messy Mega Cracks BGS 9 for $19,000 was like crazy. That was just so crazy to me, dude. Like, I, I've i never been in a transaction like that. Uh, I was shaking anxious. I guess we'll talk more about that later. But, like, yeah, man. It was, it was a good show. Just with meeting people and everything, which was really cool. But other than that, though, like if I didn't sell that messy Mega Cracks, I felt like that show would have been. A, I would be honest, maybe a loss show. Got it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I think that a lot of my experience hinged upon maybe like one or two trades that I did. Um, like it was really about a quality versus quantity thing, right? And I was like, you know, had I not done those trades, I felt like you know it would have, wouldn't have been worth flying for all the way from New York for, for that show. So I, I, feel, I feel the same way as you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, I just felt like it was weird because like when I posted on the, my story, I, I guess I kind of understand that's obviously our community. We built that community. Like the slaps like took off. Like I mean, literally, I, I was like, all right, I'll, let me post a story sale on Sunday 
on our Instagram, which we never do. That was our first time posting because I don't like selling off of in, in my social media. I just kind of like to be like rogue. I don't know why. Okay. It's just weird. Um, but but like it it got it flew. Like literally, people were picking stuff up quick. So I wasn't it wasn't like I was picking bad stuff. I guess it wasn't like a, like I said a show slab because that's what dealers were talking to me about. Like, yeah, you got to have show slabs, right? You got to have prisms right like people were not looking for mbappe tops chrome right like it was like people preferred prism because like there was literally an mbappe tops chrome psa 10 for like 900 dollars, which is like pretty decently priced. i'm just like why no one's even picking it up you know um but yeah it was interesting i'm still learning the ropes man i'm not i'm by no means am i an expert at shows but i am i'm definitely learning a lot that's the way it works, right? Every show you kind of learn a little bit more, you realize what people like, what they don't like, and then, you know, eventually you become good at it. Or, or you know, you, you kind of like structure your inventory that's good good for shows. Um, but I think like, honestly, like you can't really go wrong with quantity, right? Like when people see a lot of like, you know, the higher diversity, the greater diversity the cards have, the, uh, the more likely someone is to stop at your table right and find something interesting it's just you know math there yeah um, i will say i will say like just start, start to cut you off like when my friend when my friends came through he had ufc cards like he i was like hey when you put your ufc cards in there we're predominantly just soccer cards right and that actually garnered a lot of traffic as well like people stopping to look at ufc and sometimes looking at soccer because it was just there oh so yeah. that was something i was like maybe I should be a little bit more diverse. You know, that's why I'm, you know, that's why we're doing this podcast. I could learn, right. I could yeah. learn what, what to buy. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was interesting. Uh, but what, what, was it worth it to you though, Raymond? I know I, I was like pleading to you. I was like, Hey man, this, this is a good opportunity to go. Uh, you, you know, I know you got the 1961 clear, Will Chamberlain. Uh, you yeah. can never go wrong with Will. Uh, besides that, man, like, what do you think about, like, was the trip worth it? It was, I, you know, yeah, I think it was. Um, I think that my strategy at shows, um, I've kind of decided is just to go for one night and two days. Um, I feel like that's the optimal strategy. I think that Sundays are generally a wash because everyone is kind of packing up to go. Uh, there is like something to be said about like dealers wanting to more eager to deal on Saturdays. However, like I haven't really found that to be true. Um, like it's something that, you know, sounds true in principle, but isn't really true in practice. Uh, but I, I mean, I did, I did like the show. Um, I got some nice pickups. I got a, um, let's see, I got the Wilt Chamberlain PSA two, uh, Fleer rookie. I bought that one because it was like almost perfectly centered and the 1961 Fleer set is almost impossible to find centered. Um, I got an Anthony Edwards, 2019 gold courtside rookie. Um, I got, what else did I get? Um, so is oh. Anthony Edwards? Oh, I was say, like, is Anthony Edwards like a flip for you, or is that like you see him kind of like blossoming next year? Um, I think it's more of a medium term hold. Like, I'm going to probably hold it for a few months and then see see where it goes from there. But okay. I just like getting a few of the uh, the courtside rookie cards every year of the top draft picks, uh, just to diversify uh, what I have. Okay. Cool. Uh, I also think it makes watching the games much more uh, much more exciting. Right, because like if you have a, if you're invested in a player, and it's like oh you actually care about the outcome of the games, right? Hundred percent. You actually 
want it's kind of like betting right but not as not as intense or fantasy um, football or, right. or, or fantasy yeah or, or fantasy yeah. football right you care you care a little bit more i'm in a league by the way i'm in a fantasy football league i heard how, how is how is that um uh i got tom brady so he did really good this day uh okay. and then um i have ezekiel elliott he did terrible um hopefully he'll bounce back but uh but yeah, it's a, it's interesting. I don't mean I don't. This is like the first time playing fantasy football, American football, in like years. Um, and yeah, and I was actually really nervous because I put like two hundred dollars on the bet, like money line for a buck, which is so stupid because the odds weren't even that good. Um, but yeah, so that those was actually kind of funny. And this is with your card friends or with your friends? Oh no, no, that was with my other friends. That he, he actually started started this fantasy football league, and I was like, all right, I mean, I'm, I'm down, and I feel bad to say no. Hmm, I see. I see. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out in the next uh, the next few months. <laughs> yeah, um, but but besides that, I I think honestly the show was was still a good platform. I think that for me it made me more excited to go do do more shows. You know, um, I guess Las Vegas next month is like something I'm putting on the radar, and I think I might be going to Dallas. Are you going to Dallas? Oh, Las Vegas is this weekend, buddy. No, no, there's another Las Vegas one next month. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, I guess this one's the the, the big one then. Um, no, no, next month is the big one. Next one has 400 tables. This is 200 tables. Oh. From three sources. From three sources that I never oh. verified. <laughs> I, I admit that I'm wrong. Um, yeah, I, I didn't go to this Las Vegas one because um, I had traveled for three weekends in a row and I was just tired of flying, honestly. Um but I, I am going to go to Dallas. I'm going to Philly in two weeks. Um, okay. So that show is at Valley Forge Casino. I heard there's like four or 500 tables there. Um, you know, going for just like, you know, two two days. And then I'll be in Dallas. Uh, I think it's end of October, right? Uh, I'll be I'll be doing that. Okay. So do you think, should I go to the Philly one? Um, logistically, it's a little bit difficult because you have to like the casino is not in philadelphia you have to like take a bus oh i'm not sure if it's worth traveling for but like i would i'm only doing it because it's like not too far it's a pretty big it's a pretty big show i've never been before so i'm not really sure how it is i've never been before yeah it's my first time but (laughs) maybe i'll see you there (laughs) we'll see Uh, but okay i'm gonna try Oh, yeah. Anyways, um, but anything else about the show that we want to talk about? Um, you, were, you, were you at the trade nights? I know you were there on no, Sunday. What was the vibes I like skipped, on Sunday? I skipped it. Uh, I skipped Saturday, uh, the trade night just because, like, after that nineteen thousand dollars sale, I'm just like, bro, let's just get some sushi after I'm done uh, <laughs> for the night. <laughs> um, and and uh, but Sunday, Sunday was very dead. I mean, it was just like if I didn't do that story sale on my Instagram, um, I would have thought. I mean, I would have wasted a day basically. But uh, but I will I will say the strategy of like going to dealers and lowballing them on Sundays is a real thing. It's a real oh, like thing. you've gotten lowballed, like people just dude. Come up it was to you crazy, and, like... <laughs> crazy. I'm just like so, man. Like this guy. Like, I mean, I, I respect everybody's hustle. I'm not. I'm not even like. I don't get mad about it. It's just funny because it's just like. You know what's going on, right? Uh, but you're, you're, but I'm trying to be adamant, like, hey, I'm not really desperate to sell this thing, but like, keep coming back, you know? Like, I don't <laughs> know who's who's desperate. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just like, dude, I'm giving you comps right here. Like, well, 
keep coming back. I don't know what else to tell you. And like we all know this is a very good price. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Sunday Sunday was was pretty crazy. As in like people kept coming in and just lowballing. Like as if you were desperate, you know. Um, but I I see why because I would do the same thing on Sundays. Yeah, I think it's people kind of employ that as their Sunday strategy, right? They think that everyone's going to go home. And then, yeah, I will say that like one thing that I found super helpful at the show, I don't know if anyone else does it, is like, so I usually go in, you know, the day before the show starts or like, you know, when the doors open uh, for VIP, I'll like check the tables out and then talk with people to see where they're at, at certain cards. And if there's someone that's like pretty reasonable, like I'll write a note in my phone and tell them to, you know, just go there tomorrow um, right. or kind of like, a reminder to check in with them before I leave. Right. And the next day, like the first thing I'll do is make those rounds. Um, because you know, they know that I want the card. Um, I kind of know that there there's a chance that we'll work something out and like, it's a lot. And you know, that follow up I think is really, really effective. Um, so you kind of like, it's, 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 like it's efficient. You, you it's, it's efficient, it right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's efficient, you, right? You don't come it's in like, hot. Some people just come in straight hot. Uh, like me actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, I think it's a funny story. And like now it's like there's an ending too behind the story. So you know that David Beckham had there's a David Beckham Hasbro card. Okay. Like Nineteen ninety six. Um PSA nine. It's a pretty cool looking card. One thing I do know about that card is it's there's gonna be a lot of PSA tens coming out very soon, just because I know how many boxes are out there. So I have the PSA nine listed for five hundred dollars. Then I started looking on eBay and I saw something somebody listing for three ninety nine. And I'm just like, My goodness, why would you do this? Then I noticed that this guy is at the show, right? So I go to his table, or at least I didn't know at the time. So I started look. I walked around anyways, and I saw that same exact card that he listed for three ninety nine. And I was like, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go and get it for two twenty five. That's how much I got it for." He delisted it, and I put it back onto my table for three hundred dollars. <laughs> um, and then last night, someone ran an auction. And then it ended at 200 and I'm like, dude, what the heck is going on right now? So I'm just like, all right, you know what? Um, it would have been a cool story to talk about, but uh, I guess I'll never do that again. <laughs> well, if you were fast enough, um, yeah, if I was fast then enough, you would have yeah, beat but... the beat the auction ending, right? Or like yeah, sometimes yeah. I think it makes sense to just even buy the card, right? Like, you know, now, you, now you'll have three of them, right? Exactly. And presumably Yo, that's the true. card yeah, ended a little bit higher. It. But, yeah, yeah, it's like you got a good I deal. I got the bag like you, right? <laughs> um, yeah you just kind of split it out and like it's pretty let's figure it out figure it out from yeah. there but hey listen let, let's talk about the bleaker trade night um a lot of people are very high on the on like i guess bleaker trading like especially like i've heard a lot of good things i know you were there um was it over the weekend or or over a few days ago or what one was this uh yeah so there were actually two separate events on two separate nights uh one on wednesday and one on thursday uh the one on wednesday was uh dj ski uh, he's like a you know dj he's also involved in designing a lot of the tops um cards um so he designed a card for derek jeter's hall of fame enshrinement which was on thursday sorry on wednesday um, and then there was also like a crossover with like the Wu-Tang Clan. They were like premiering, uh, I think it was season two or something on Hulu. So like, I was there for an hour. Uh, it was cool. Uh, basically like people, you know, people were just hanging out. Um, wasn't really centered around, uh, you know, trading or anything. But you know, it, it was, I had a good, I had a good, good experience there. You know, it's you a, know, card, a lot of the, the card shop? Leaker trading? It's a card shop. Yeah, it's a card, card shop. shop. Okay. 
um people go there with like some slabs honestly like i would say maybe like half the people don't actually have cards maybe more than half the people uh they just go there to hang out and just chill okay. um i would say that some people have cards but like honestly it's you know there wasn't a whole lot of trading it was just mainly to hang out which i think is honestly more fun um and then yesterday was the actual trade night um i you know i met some cool soccer people um i met this guy called eugene he said that he submitted a card with you uh for grading oh. a printing plate <laughs> oh um, yeah he did he did what what are your yeah he did i i actually have to pick it up yeah like apparently he he told me he got a really nice offer and i was like you should i think you should take it but it's all good yeah, I, I guess like in general, like what do you think about printing plates? Like personally, I don't know anyone who collects them. Do you know should, people who collect printing plates? Do you want to explain printing plates to these guys? Yeah, for sure. Like, so basically, it's actually super random. Yeah, so basically, printing plates are basically like the metal plates that you use to print cards. Um, so by definition, they're all like one of ones uh, because you know you only need one plate to say, for example, print like all the Mbappe refractor cards or like all the, you know, all the Kobe Bryant autograph cards of like every single series right so sometimes the player will autograph the plate as well um but sometimes they won't but anyways uh the plate can sometimes be pulled um i believe as like part of a pack right like panini will put the yeah. plate in the pack and then um i don't know yeah. anyone who collects them but i see them sometimes um, they're really really ugly i think they're kind of ugly they're they're uh, not kind of ugly. I think they're straight up trash. Like, <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Like I don't know who would collect those. For me, you're you're putting a little bit a little gently, but I'll just be real with you, man. Like when you look at it, you're just like it looks like a faded plate, right? Um, like it looks like it didn't print. It didn't. It was missing colors in the printer in a printer. But they're all one of one, so I guess there is some sort of value. So so this gentleman that came up to me, he has a printing plate, and it's really big rookie i think you know listen like there's value in that stuff but like if you're asking from a eye appeal it, which is super subjective right i just think it's super ugly like i would never touch that um just like how someone would think like prism is trash too right like it's just subjective but i i will say though there was this one time he came up to me and he was looking to pay like three or four k on a Kylian Mbappe printing plate oh, 2018 wow. yeah and i was like oh no it was immaculate and I was just like, bro, that's so. I just don't think. I don't know. Like, yeah, I get to I get is a one of one, but like at some point, someone has to go look and be like, yo, that's just straight ugly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that, that's my opinion though. But I do know there are people that that autograph it, that that sign it, which I guess gives some sort of value. But from high appeal wise, man, I wouldn't be touching that unless it's super super cheap, which he did get it for pretty darn cheap. Yeah, I think personally, like. I, I agree with like the IPL aspect. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever even touched a printing plate, printing plate, let alone owned one. But like, you know, I feel like the only case where like I might consider buying one is if like someone autographs it, right? Like say right. what if like Patrick Mahomes autographs his NT rookie printing plate. Like that's pretty cool. That right? actually but like, cool, yeah. other than that, like I don't really see you're the right. value in it. No, you're right. Yeah, that's just a good way to think about it. Like, it, like the, the, the thought process behind it, that's where the used to print. Um, like that's the template to use to print, and then also you get to hold, hold it, and then sign it. That's actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Other than that, like I don't. Do you know anyone who collects printing plates? Because personally, I don't. Dude, honestly, man, like I've only seen him ask me, and maybe 
one or two other people. But other than that, I don't know if people even know that even exists. Right? Yeah. Like, exactly. They probably think it's not even like from Panini. They probably think someone just cut it out. Exactly. Somewhere, you know? So. Yeah. But hey, you like you like what you like, right? And if you yeah, like exactly, yeah, I don't judge. Just kind of just kind of. You asked go... ask my my subjective opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I happen to agree on as well. So exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, cool. What do you think about the uh? What do you think about the P- what PSA has done as of uh, yesterday on Thursday? Uh, basically, like you know, for context, they lowered their express service level from two hundred dollars a card to one hundred fifty a card. Um, Express generally takes about a month, maybe a month and a half door to door. What are your thoughts? So I think to put even more in context, this is right after SUC saying, hey, we are we have to boost our business days to 40 business days to turn around instead of being promised 25 days business, business days. And I don't know if it was coincidental or not, um, but I do know last time PSA raising their prices, SUC came out of nowhere. Um, and was like, oh, look at us, you know. So that I thought that was really interesting. So I don't know. That was PSA saying, hey, you know, like this is what you get. But I'm also very excited. Like 150 dollars is a really good price point. I think. I mean, a 50 dollars difference is a huge difference for Express. And I've been sending Express a few times, and I've been getting them within one or two weeks. Um, oh, really? Not, not really a week. Let, let, I'm lying. I'm lying. It's like two weeks max, though, which is good. That's still really good for 150 dollars. And like, I don't know, man. Like that Christian Pulisic that came back as a PSA nine that had a huge scratch on it. I'm like, man, that's not bad. And so I, I think it's great. Um, it helps me. I could tell other people from international if they want to submit with us. It's it's a cheaper price, and 150 completely sounds different than 200. So you're saying that the Express timeline is actually about only twice as long as the Super Express? Yep, yep. And that, but that's off of just one or two, off of two submissions, though, right? So like when oh. that happened, I I only had two submissions, but like Express has been like literally a week max, max. But why notice with, like, with Super Express? Okay, Super Express was a week week max, but Express, I've seen it get held up on like the last QC check or whatever it's yeah. called. I don't know if it's because they want to not pass up Super Express or something, but it just stuck there for like a few days, and then you know, but but by that time, it's like two weeks. Got it. I see. I think it's because they have to price the cards right. Like they have to decide like whether to upcharge you or not. Oh, really? Uh, based That's on, the final stage. Based on the, the based on the the grades. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's cool though. What do you think? That's not bad. Um, I I personally never submit cards through Express. Because I was under the impression that Express takes a month, a month and a half, as you know, it did oh, really? when it was like seventy-five dollars. But maybe it's completely different now. Maybe that changes things. But personally, like I would still rather pay the three hundred dollars and just get the get get it back in like half the time. Uh, <laughs> I think that of course you would. Of course, you there's would. an opportunity cost of holding stuff, right? Well, so, you're, that, that's for quick flip, though, right? Like that's like because you're like because you're going to shows every week. Yeah, so if there's like, like a card that like show. yeah, if there's like a PC card that like. Oh, I just want to add like an autograph grade too, right? Because I want a double ten, right? I would definitely go through Express or like something I don't really need um, in a rush. Uh, I could definitely see that being a being a viable option. I still think one fifty is very expensive though, right? Like I th- I think I guess it sounds it feels better because I've been doing two two hundred, right? Even, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, that doesn't sound <laughs> bad at all, man. But one fifty, <laughs> yeah, it does tax a little bit. Um, 
But man, it's just it's kind of nice to get it within two weeks. You know, get a PSA slab on it. You know, you get the premium, uh, but it's still risky though. Yeah, it, it, it's it it is risky. Um, you never know what you're gonna get if you're gonna get any tens or nines at all. Yeah. So, I, let's talk about SGC though. I don't know. I feel like SGC. I maybe it's just more. I had very limited data. But I don't know if things have changed, but man, they are grading pretty rough. Like t- they're pretty tough. Like yeah, I'm, we got like so many nine point fives in our in our grading um, submissions recently. Yep. And very few tens, which was not the case the first or two times around. So do you see that? Like they're tightening up. Like somebody kind of suggested this to me. Like they're making it as if in SGC nine point five, we should try to catch up to VGS nine point five. And tens are just like harder, or it's just my batch. Uh, I've actually experienced this too. I'm, I'm actually looking up my older orders. So I submitted, let's see, I submitted an order of 28 cards. Out of that 28, I got zero SGC tens. Wow. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, six out of 28, 9.5s around 10 nines. So basically around half of them, maybe 70% of them were nine or higher. The rest were not or under nine, um, which I was surprised with. Uh, these cards were honestly, they weren't in the best condition, right? I'll be honest. But but the, um, but the thing that's why we do it though. No, that's why we send it SGC because we're like, oh, you know, one of them are, might be a 10 because that's what they used to do. Like they used to just yeah, be like, that's what I think. One or two, like our tens, you know, you don't want to lose business off giving nine point fives. Now it's like, if it's not a ten PSA, like I did get some tens, but I knew they're ten, right? Like, this it, yep, will yeah, be a PSA that's my 10. experience. Yeah, I, okay. I think, yeah, I think they're very, yeah, um, yeah. I would say I would kind of stick with like my previous thesis, like they're very fair and they're not easy. Um, and SGC ten is most likely a PSA ten, in my opinion, right? I think that. You would use SGC in a case where it's too expensive to grade PSA, but you think the card is a gem mint under any grading scale. Um, as for your point on like the 9.5s, I definitely disagree that like an SGC 9.5 is equivalent to BGS 9.5, or like they're trying to do that. I think the right. standards for 9.5s are very high, oftentimes even higher than PSA 10 standards. Um, the BGS, you said? Yes. Really? You think so? Yeah. I mean, I only submit like three or four cards to BGS, but I'm just like, man, these is effed up cards. And I'm just like, like it, but it's just only one thing that's effed up, right? Because you know the subgrades. Yeah. And the way it plays out, that like it doesn't kill you as hard as like SGC or PSA. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyways, I, I got another order back yesterday. Um, these are cards that I was pretty sure were going to PSA 10. We got, let's see, we got seven cards. We got eight cards that were graded 10 out of 18. That's not bad. That's not too bad. That's like a 50%. But like, like I said, the first time I did PS, uh, SGC, some of these cards I knew they were not PSA 10. And yeah. I got some SGC 10s. You got some. That was yeah. my experience too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't just me. All right. No, it was, it was not just, okay. it was, it was not just you. I'm glad. Um, also, I did talk with my rep earlier. He said that the turnaround time is probably in the realistic turnaround time is probably in the range of like 20 to 25 business days. That's not bad at all. So like a month door to door, which is not, it's not bad. 
Uh, I will say though, I did do an experiment with TSA and SUC. So I have like I have this Zlatan Ibrahimovic SUC eight point five right here. Yeah, it was actually a PSA six. Um, when I got it back from PSA, so I, it was actually one of our subbers. And like one of the worst things you could ever do is when you do re- you do a review for somebody and you say, "Hey, I think that looks good." It comes back a freaking PSA six. So I was like, yeah. "All right, you know what? We're gonna have to kind of change this up." I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> this, this is on me." I, I don't know how this happened because I thought it looked good. I cracked it um, and I sent it to SGC and at least it got 8.5. So I thought that was really interesting that that happened. Yeah. That's uh, I think stickers in general are just super hard to grade. Dude, uh, stickers are so. I think they look at print. Okay. So I think there's a lot of things that people want to take out. Printing, right? What makes a sticker? Yeah, what makes a sticker hard to grade? I've never really thought about it because, like, I, I used to grade like Holland stickers. The only thing I noticed is like centering, right? Yeah, centering is usually the big deal because you never get get those things centered. But even if you get it centered, there's a few other things. Is it miscut, right? Because it could be cut weird. Like, what does that bottom. mean? Like, it's slanty. Yeah, the bottom could be slanty, and then also, how's the print? Is it fading? Like, I think I think that's something that people need to talk about because, like, these stickers were not high. These are not high quality cards, right? Like, they could be faded, um, so they could say it's paper loss. Uh, and another thing is, it's like. I think there's cre like there's um, there's like you have to watch out for creases that people that you can't really see from the naked eye sometimes. And I know SGC has like that uh, machine that sees cre- see creases and stickers are so sensitive that you could. I feel like that it does a disadvantage for those stickers. Like, you could you probably that's, yeah, that's something I think that probably plays a part. But that's like that's kind of more like a uh, um, I'm just assuming. But the other ones that. That's what I'm dealing with right now, and it's hard, man. It's hard to get tens on stickers, dude. Yeah, it's it's not easy. Uh, I kind of had the same experience, but the reverse. Uh, I had a Paleo sticker, you know. I bought it, sent it to SGC. It was an SGC one. I spent 20 minutes looking at it, couldn't find anything wrong with it, and then I like looked at it under like some light, you know, tilted it back and forth, you know, spent another five minutes looking at it, and there was like a button shaped like it was like there's like some sort of indent that was like button shaped like as it yeah it then lightly pressed on a button right yep. and i was like you know like there's no way anyone yeah you know, unless you knew to look for it right there's no way you could find that yeah they had that PSA, machine, it got a psa3 see yeah yeah i was gonna say the machine because they use that freaking machine that uh sports card investor showed uh, it's like a blue light or some shit like that. Like, I, was, I just remember like thinking like, damn, that's not good for stickers. Like they're going to see a lot of creases in there because like stickers are just too sensitive. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're super thin. Right. And it's like, you know, they, you pick them up and they just flop around. Basically. Yeah. And it's already creased. Technically. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Um, but yeah, man. Like I, but I'm still happy as you see people, there is real demand. There's real demand in SGC because like our my SGC slabs were moving within my in, within our community, which is maybe a little biased because I talk about SGC, but still, it's just like really encouraging to see that people care about the slabs, even if it's not a ten. Yeah, I think competition is always competition is always good for the hobby. The last thing you want is like someone to have like a monopoly or a duopoly on grading services, 100%, uh, dude. which I think you know could be potentially scary if PSA decides to acquire SGC, right? Um, oh, we open the, this can of worms right now? Or like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, because, we'll <laughs> yeah, 
uh, yeah, it's a long <laughs> but yeah, I, I like SGC. Have had a good experience with them. I think they're very fair. I think they're clear number three in the market right now. So maybe they're number two. Great. Yeah. On a side note, I held an SGC slab yesterday for the first time. It felt pretty good. Like SGC. CSG, uh, oh, Okay, all right. Yeah. I was like, dude, you've been submitting all these things. <laughs> no, I, I someone showed me an HGA slab, and I was like, oh, it, you know, it's pretty. It felt good in the hand, you know. It, apparently, I like CSG. Like, I've never held a CSG slab. I just think dude, that that's a pretty dope. I, I actually like the feel of it, but like, man, the label is just like you get like some old dude. Like, it literally looks like an old dude that just design the label yeah i don't like the uh what's their logo it's like a it's like a scale <laughs> right? yeah like, yeah I yeah i, don't, I, don't, I never I thought about like that. that yeah yeah and like for some reason like it kind of reminds me a little bit too much of like uh, whenever i think of csd for some reason i think of like comic book grading it looks like those comic they book are. holders they're That's comic what... book company right yeah yeah they're, they're comic I mean, yeah they're it looks like those comic book holders yeah which yeah. is why it's hard for me to kind of find value to it but I'm, I'm sure like i'm sure they look at the card i'm sure they have like strong processes i heard um, they actually grade pretty hard actually yeah stuff. and like I'm, i've heard that they're a you know legit company you know they got bought out by blackstone a few months ago uh so they're actually taking things seriously and the label bro i'm sorry the, la the label i think i love yeah. you i love them for what they're doing but man like i gotta tell them how they're i mean it's like there's like there's like printing plates and then like csg labels you know what i'm saying <laughs> printing plates csg labels <laughs> well, I, I would agree I, I would say printing plates are a little bit worse but yeah. no printing plates guys or you could, or you could grade the premium plates yeah grade the premium plates to csg that would be like interesting yeah yeah that would that would be interesting yeah maybe we can maybe that can be a thing also like by definition wouldn't the printing plates be 100 percent perfectly centered right because you know it is by definition the Huh. plate that was designed to be what all other cards are made under, right? Shoot. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> you're right. You're right, though. You're right. Shoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thought of the card thought of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I, I feel like our discussion today, you know, went through a bunch of topics, a jungle of different topics. Uh, but as usual, it was uh, it was great chatting with you, Brian. For sure, bro. For sure. All right. Uh, well, you can check out Brian and his uh, his podcast. It's the first time we're actually posting it uh, to his own podcast channel, um, in addition to my Spotify podcast, um, as well as check out his videos on Sunday League Investors on YouTube. So I can yeah, plug make, it sure, in. make sure to subscribe to Asian Podcast because we're going to be doing a lot of 